Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, once again, welcome to this series that we're in called Unafraid. And we are in our second week of the series. Last week, we kicked things off by looking at how we can be unafraid of those things that are unresolved in our lives. Well, today I want to talk to you about how we can also be unafraid of the legislations. Interestingly enough, we live in a time in which I think many of us have been put into a position where we have just, for the very first time, probably in our free lives, felt like we were not that free. When things were being passed down and told to each of us about what it is that we had to do. Some of us have been put in a position where we have to follow things to the point where if we don't, we may even lose our job. And if we lose that job, we may not even have any safety net. The unemployment insurance that is available to everyone else may not be available to you. If we think about the time in which we live in, we may feel like the best thing that we can do is just maybe resist all that, fight back. Maybe we can do the things that others are doing. Peaceful protests or finding a way where we may have to make decisions about what we do next with our lives, what we will do next with our careers, maybe what we are going to do next just as believers. And many of us are feeling like in these days that we're leaving, that we may be closer to the end than we've ever been. And many of us are thinking, well, where is this all taking us? And where is this all leading us? And is these signs that we are seeing telling us what we already know is that we are living in the last days. And as a result, we may be feeling more afraid than usual. The things that we used to be able to trust, we just don't feel like we have the same level of trust. People that used to give us our information, we used to believe that that information was always correct, that it had been fact-checked, that it was something that we could believe in and truly trust. Follow, making our decisions based on the information that we are receiving. But unfortunately today, information is coming to us from so many sources. It's coming from so many places, from so many people, some qualified, some unqualified, from sources that are mainstream and others that are not, that we don't even know what we can believe, who we should listen to, and what is truth anymore. To make matters worse, we have our own fears, fears of being sick, fears of making others sick, fears of just not being able to live the life that we want to live, not just for ourselves, but for the families that we are called to lead. And we find ourselves in workplaces or maybe working still from home or maybe doing a hybrid version of the two, seeing our incomes drop, seeing our businesses fail, seeing our marriages or relationships torn apart, seeing 
people in the same home having different opinions on the same subject and being ripped apart. It's a time in which many of us are feeling unafraid. And yet God keeps asking us to live unafraid. Keeps asking us to exercise our faith. Keeps telling us to stand up and be counted and to stand up and to be fearless. One of the stories in the Bible of someone who lived in a time in which he wasn't free is the story of someone by the name of Daniel. Daniel had been taken into captivity and, and he had revealed himself to be an extraordinary person uh, to the point where he had garnered such favor from the king that he was put in a position of power. He was put in a position where he was given authority just like the elites who were from that country. And he was the only foreigner among them. And he was especially loved by the king. And this put a target on his back. Do you ever feel like you were just doing the best that you could? And because you were excelling in what you did, it just put a target on your back? People just wanted you to fail just because you were succeeding. People hated that you were doing so well, so they wanted to make sure that you stopped doing so well so that they could advance instead. And I want you to know that this is not something new. This was happening even to Daniel. And even though he was living righteously, the Bible tells us that he was someone who was devoted to God like no one else in that kingdom. And he stood for God like no one else stood for God. And he believed in God like no one else believed in God. And he did it in a time in which he was a foreigner in a strange land under a foreign king who believed in other gods, who was making legislations that went against his faith. And yet he still was able to thrive in that environment. He was still able to be blessed in that environment. He was still able to leave a mark and to set an example in that environment. It didn't change a single thing for Daniel. Because he found a way to stay true to the Father. And when you think of Daniel, you think of someone who seems to be out of reach for who we are. And, and that's true when we sometimes look at people in the scriptures. We feel like we cannot measure up. We can't measure up to Jesus, let alone someone like Daniel. But why Daniel is important is because he is just a guy like all of us right here who can be someone more than what we imagine we could ever be. Daniel didn't just one day be the great man of faith that he is, but God helped him to become that man, and this is how. The story goes that these leaders that were working with Daniel wanted to take him out, and so they devised a plan in which for 30 days, no one could worship their own God except the God 
that was King Darius's. And so they knew that Daniel wouldn't stop. And so they knew this would work. And sure enough, the Bible says that Daniel went back to his room and he began to pray like he always did. And the Bible says that he would pray three times a day. And that wasn't an example that we need to follow in the sense that we have to pray three times a day, but it was what Daniel did. And it was what made him feel the presence of God. It what made him feel good and right before God. It's what helped him in his spiritual journey. And then my, my question to you is that not if you are praying three times a day, but are you even praying maybe even just one time a day? Because in Daniel's case, it really made a difference. And in Exodus, um, I'm sorry, in, in Daniel, in chapter 6, the first passage we're going to look at, it says that when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, and with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he always done giving thanks to his God. Now, even though he is a captive and he's a foreigner in a foreign land, he's making sure that his window is open because he wants to look towards Jerusalem, to the very place where he believes, obviously, the presence of God is in the temple. And so even though all the people are taken away from the temple and taken away from their homeland, he believes that God will one day restore his people, restore his temple, and therefore bring back his presence among his people. But he knows that they are there because they're punished. They're away from the temple, away from their city. They're away from the closeness of what it means to be with God. And yet Daniel is still experiencing God no matter where he is. And this is why this story is also so important. It's so key because no matter where we are, we can experience God. We can experience the presence of the temple. We can experience what it's like to be in Jerusalem, even though we are not there. And so Daniel shows us that he is not going to stop what he is accustomed to doing. He's going to keep doing it, and he's going to do it in front of an open window so everyone can see him as he does it. Well, the Bible tells us that once they catch him, obviously, praying by his window, they go and they run to the king, and they tell him, King, uh, you know, everyone's been following the rules, which is not any shock to any one of us, except that there's one person, you know, who hasn't. Who's this person, the king asks? Well, it's going to hurt you a bit, my king, but you need to know who it is. Yes, I want to know. The law applies to everyone. We will make no exceptions. He says, well, that person is actually Daniel. And then the Bible tells us that the heart of the king just sank. And he tried to think of, of a way of, of not following through on the decree. And, and, and the servants came back to him and they said, you can't do that. You can't go back on the decree. And he says, you're right, I can't go back on it. So then he goes to Daniel. A king goes to Daniel. Someone who has broken his rules. And he walks up to him and he tells him, Daniel, I put this decree in place. I didn't know it would one day hurt you. And I'm so sorry about that. Maybe the God that you pray to so faithfully 
will save you from this too. And so Daniel, in that moment, understands the heart of the king and understands that the rule that he put in place actually put him at risk to the point where it could take his life away because the punishment was quite severe. He was to be thrown into a den of lions. And so it would mean the end of his life. And it would mean the end of his life because what he was doing was that he was being asked to do something that went against his faith. And that is that he would worship no other God than the one true God, Yahweh. And because of that, he'd be willing to die for it. And so no matter what had been legislated, it didn't matter because he wasn't going to break that commandment. He wasn't going to break that rule. Now, often when we're making decisions and we're put in a position where we have to make choices, we have to always look at what God has commanded, what God has instructed, what God has laid out as a foundational position for us to follow. And if we're being asked to do something that goes against that, then obviously we choose the law of God. Because no matter what has been legislated, it cannot remove that authority from any of our lives. But there are times in which we're being asked to do something that doesn't go against Scripture. And in that time and in that place and in that position that we may be in, that's when the Bible says it is important for us to make decisions according to our own conscience. And when we make decisions based on our own conscience, it actually explains it this way. If you do something and you're not sure if, that you should do it and it goes against your conscience, you can actually be sinning in that moment. The sin isn't that you broke God's law. The sin is that you went against your own conscience. Isn't that amazing? Now, I want you to think about other faiths, and I, I promise you there is no clause like that in any of them. There is no faith that will give you that freedom. That will give you the right to make a decision according to your own conscience. There is none. It doesn't exist. It is only found in this faith. Because God doesn't want you to just follow rules. He wants you to be in a relationship with him so that he can guide you by his spirit. So that you do not die by the letter of the law, but so that the law can be fulfilled by the power of the spirit. And it not only brings life to you, but it brings life to those around you. Can we say amen to that? You see, and with Daniel, by him following the law, but more importantly, living by the Spirit, God was able to protect him no matter what realm he found himself in. It didn't matter if he was under the king, and it didn't matter if he was under God. It didn't matter if he was in Jerusalem. 
Just like it didn't matter if he was in Babylon. It didn't matter who his friends were, and it didn't matter who his enemies were. It didn't matter what had been legislated. What mattered is that he lived his life unafraid. And today, let's be honest, if you take the vaccine, you're going to have to take it with faith. And if you don't take it, let's be honest, you're going to have to not take it with faith. You see, you're going to have to exercise faith one way or the other. And you're going to have to live your life unafraid. And you're going to have to do it according to your conscience. And when I took the vaccine myself, I took it unafraid. I'm still unafraid. But if I couldn't take it unafraid, and if I couldn't take it because it went against my conscience, then I would just be doing something that would be hurting me in my spirit, in my soul, in my mind, in my life, more than just going against the legislation. And we have to understand that we are free even when it appears that we are not. That we are filled with faith even when it looks like we should just be afraid. And I tell you the truth that the time in which Daniel lived in was scarier than the time we're living in. So please don't compare the two. I hear people making those types of comparisons and it's just ridiculous. It's not the same at all. And so we have to understand that what we're living, what we're going through, what we're experiencing, however, carries parallels and lessons that we can learn and grow from. And so the second passage that we read is again found in Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. It says that Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world, peace and prosperity to you. Now, he sends that message uh, for the simple reason that Daniel survives. He's thrown into the Daniels, uh, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den, and it says that the king didn't sleep all night. He couldn't eat. Uh, there was nothing that he could do to be at peace with himself. Like, he just stayed up all night. And they, they tried, and when the king doesn't sleep, what they do is they bring him entertainment. They bring him food, right? It's kind of like, you know, like when we can't sleep, you know, we, we eat, we stay up late, we watch TV, right? We're online, we're doing, we're doing whatever we can to entertain ourselves or try to get our minds tired enough so that we can fall asleep. And, and so basically they were doing the same things for the king, but none of it was working. And, and the Bible says that the first thing that Darius did, the king, is that he ran out uh, to the then where the lions were, where Daniel had been placed, and a large stone had been placed over top of this pit with the lions in it. And, and then he had put his seal there, plus all the other officials had done the same thing. So the stone had not been moved. It had not been touched. And, and then when they took the stone away, the king calls down to Daniel, 
and says, Daniel, are you alive? And, he's, and, and, and Daniel responds, long live the king. Now, if you had just been put in the lines then, would you say long live the king? If a legislation had been passed that had brought your death sentence, would you be saying long live the king? If the king had made a mistake and came and apologized to you, but you still ended up in the lion's den anyways, would you say, long live the king? Would you forgive him that quickly? Would you forgive that easily? Now, why is Daniel able to do these things? I believe it comes back to the fact that he prayed three times a day. That there is no other answer. The Bible doesn't provide another one. He lived unafraid because he prayed three times a day. He lived unafraid because he lived connected to the Father. He didn't care where he was, whether it was back in the palace or back in his suite. He didn't care if it was surrounded by enemies or surrounded by friends. He didn't care if it was walking the streets or if it was in the lion's den. He knew that God was with him no matter where he went. He lived unafraid. And, and, and I believe that's an important lesson for us today in 2021 as we find ourselves in the month of October with a deadline looming and maybe more legislations coming down and more things that may affect us even as a community of faith and may affect us as individuals at home and in the workplace, in our schools, no matter where it may be. I want you to understand this. You need to live unafraid. That wherever you go, God is always with you. That even if they legislate the doors of this place closed, it won't change a thing. God will still be with you. And whether you find yourself in a palace or in a lion's den, know this. Not only can he shut the mouths of kings, he can shut the mouths of lions. Not only can he shut the mouths of your enemies, he can shut the mouths of those who will legislate against you. Are you still with me? Sometimes it's really hard to believe in the promises of God. We struggle with it. And you know someone else who struggled with the promises of God? Moses. In the book of Exodus, let's take a look. It says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you in your very own possession. I am the Lord. Now, these words had been given to Abraham before they had been given to Moses. A lot of times passed between Abraham and Moses. And so the people are struggling with this promise. Have you ever had to wait a while for a promise to be fulfilled in your life? Have you ever felt like God just like forgot you, abandoned you? Like his promises didn't apply to you? Well, this is what this verse is all about. In verse 9, it says, So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. Listen, he reminds them of the promise, but the people are saying, I don't care what the promise says. We've heard this before. 
And we've been in that position with people. Sometimes we just like lose trust. We lose faith. We, we just don't want to listen anymore. We, not one more word. Please, come on. It's enough. Right? We've been there. We've done that. Just like I've heard this. You've made promises before. And, and imagine that the people are hearing this from Moses, the guy who brought the plates one at a time, set them free out of Egypt, helped them cross a perilous desert, the guy who came down with the tablets, the guy who did all these cool things, including parting the Red Sea when they were being chased with the Egyptian army at their back. He reminds them of the promise. And they won't listen anymore. I want you to see that they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. We can go through some stuff, some really hard things, where we stop believing. And God is reminding us, don't let that be you. Don't be unafraid. Don't be afraid, but live unafraid. And so this passage is a reminder of how we can grow discouraged in not believing the promises of God. Well, there's another verse I want us to take a look at. And it's just as important as the ones that we've been examining together. And so can we go to the next verse? And that verse It's Jesus speaking. And when Jesus speaks, he says this. How are you feeling? Now, in the passage that we just looked at, they were so discouraged that they stopped believing in the promises of God. And I want you to understand that your faith is going to be directly linked to how you're feeling physically, mentally, to, to the level of exhaustion and discouragement that you've been going through. So when you're, when you're really down and, and you're really feeling the weight of the life that you're living and it's not working out for you, I want you to know that it's going to have a direct impact on your faith. It's going to have a direct impact on you believing in the promises of God or not. And so right now, if you are feeling discouraged it's most likely because you're also exhausted from what you've been going through in this life. And so God sees that, and he sees the level of slavery that you have been under, and he says, because you have been enslaved, I know you're discouraged, and you don't want to hear my promises. You don't want to listen to what I have to tell you. So you're not going to believe in what I have to offer you. So when we look at the words of Jesus, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who carry heavy burdens, and I am going to give you rest. And so what Daniel was doing is that he was going to God in prayer, and we're being reminded to do the exact same thing. So when I'm exhausted, I don't just say, God, I'm exhausted. I don't just keep going, I'm exhausted. I don't just like exclaim to anyone who will listen, I'm exhausted. 
on the car ride here with my daughter, on two occasions, I told her, I feel so tired. I told her out loud. And she's like, I am tired too. Did you ever feel like that? Just, you had a tough week. You had a late night. You just wake up and you just don't have that energy. The answer to that is Daniel's answer. We go back to the Lord in prayer. Jesus is saying, bring that to me. Don't just tell others that you're exhausted. Tell me in prayer why you're exhausted. Tell me in prayer why you're discouraged. Tell me in prayer why you are heavy burdened. Tell me in prayer why you need rest. Tell me in prayer why it is that you believe that the promises don't apply to you. Tell me in prayer why you think that your life can't turn around. Because right now, if you feel like you are in a pit surrounded by lions and there is a stone that's been put over top, which has been sealed by the rings, of authority, I want you to know that even as you are in that den, God can shut the mouths of lions. And he can give you the rest that you have been seeking, just like he gave it to Daniel. That in the morning when the king called him by name, Daniel was able to wake up and say, long live the king, all is good. I'm okay in here. You can put that stone right back. These lines are all my buddies now. It's all good. I'm not going to fear the legislation. I am not going to fear the decree of the king. I am not going to fear the pit or the lines that are in it. I will not fear the stone that tells me I can't get out. I will not fear the seal that tells me it cannot be broken. I will fear nothing because I bring everything to God in prayer. And when I do, I am free. In the Gospel of Romans, it says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit, look at this, prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And so when we're groaning, when we're sighing, when we don't know what to say, but if we go to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So even if we aren't sure what to pray, even if we're unsure of what to do, if we're unsure of the path that we need to take, if we're unsure if we are to take it or not take it, if we are to obey or disobey, if we are to do this or do that, if we are to go here or go there, if we are to leave this and take that instead, if we are to embrace or reject, if we are unsure of all these things, we can just go into the presence of God and groan. And guess what? The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And then it matches up our life with the will of the Father. 
It brings us in harmony with the Father, and it brings out an incredible result of favor for each of us. You want to live with God's favor? It's going to happen in prayer. It's going to happen not because you say the right words, but it's because you made the decision to go into the presence of God. Go into the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit plead on your behalf. You don't have to say anything at all. But when you make the decision to go into the presence of God, the Holy Spirit will plead on your behalf, will align God's will for you, and you will awake from that time. You will awake from that prayer. You will rise from that prayer. You will rise from that moment. You will leave that lion's den, and you will know that what is before you is greater than anything that you have left behind. And that is a promise that he wants to give you. And that's why we can conclude with this verse found in Galatians. And in the book of Galatians, it tells us this. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, Paul says, but of God. But if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So God is telling us that when we go into the presence of God, there's only one person that we're trying to please, and it's him. And we're trying to get our life aligned with his will. We're, we're trying to get whatever is happening in our lives right with God. And we're trying to experience the blessings that he has for us. And even in the moments of our greatest discouragement or the greatest threats and in the moments where we feel like our freedoms are being taken away from us and we feel like we don't have a choice and that we're being pushed and, and we're, we're trapped in a corner or we're thrown into a lion's den, I want you to know that we can live unafraid of the legislation because we will go into the presence of God and pray. And it may seem like that won't do anything at all. But if we learned anything from this story, it's this. That because Daniel recognized that although he was powerless, all the power he needed was found in prayer. And as he found himself in the lion's den, he knew that he would have the power to move beyond that moment because all of his power didn't come from him, but it came from praying to his Father in heaven. May we learn from that. May we trust that. May we believe in that more than we do. No one can touch you. No one can take you from the hand that is nail-scarred. No one can separate you from the love of God. So let us go to him in prayer and be unafraid. Amen? God bless you guys. I hope that encourages you and helps you. And would you stand as we would close in a word of prayer. Now, what area of your life do you need God to, to help you with today? Where is it that you feel discouraged? Where is it that you feel tired? Where is it that you feel exhausted? Where, if, where is it that you feel that you've been legislated against? Where is it that you feel that you need to make a decision, that you need to make a choice? Where is it that you feel that your decisions and your choices have been taken from you? Where is it that you feel weak? Where is it that he can make you feel strong? Where is it that he can lift you up 
and help you right now to live unafraid. And so I want you to think about that as you would go to him in prayer right now. Father, I thank you for every person that is here today, for the way that you are going to impact their lives with your word, for how you are going to lead them and help them and give them the victory that they would need. I pray right now for each person here. I pray for the families and the lives that they represent, for the livelihood that they need and for the success that they desire to have and for the choices that they need to make and the decisions that they are to take. I pray, Lord, that you would guide and lead them, that you would exemplify your wisdom through them, that you would set them apart, that they would be an example to those around them and even to the nation itself, just like you did with Daniel. Lord, you protected him. You watched over him. You shut the mouths of his enemies and you did it so publicly, Father. You rescued him, you delivered him, you anointed and you blessed him. I pray that you would do the same for each person in Jesus' name. We thank you that we can put our faith and trust in you, regardless of the times in which we live in, regardless of who is in a position of authority, we can trust you, God. And we pray that you would help us to turn to you in prayer, just like you demonstrated through the scriptures and have taught us today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.